When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Do you struggle with some anxiety? Maybe some intense worry and uh, you have a hard time? And maybe you're wondering, do I have some type of anxiety disorder? Or maybe you think of someone else that they might have anxiety disorder. Well, anxiety is the most diagnosed uh, mental health diagnosis in the world. There are millions and millions of people who have anxiety. And I wanted to do an episode on the seven most common anxiety disorders uh, to help and guide you, to educate you. Again, this is not to give a diagnosis of uh, what you're struggling with. It's simply educational. If you are listening and you maybe you say, yeah, I, I experienced that. I have that, I have that, I have that. Don't automatically assume that you have that diagnosis. You need to go and talk to your doctor or talk to a licensed counselor to get a, a specific diagnosis. But I'm going to be talking about the seven most common anxiety disorders in the Mental Health Today show coming up. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray. I am a board certified counselor and the host of the Mental Health Today show. And I am very glad that you're here. If you're new, welcome. I appreciate you. I want to encourage you to keep listening, be a part of the show, uh, subscribe, and go to the mentalhealthtodayshow.com website and sign up for the newsletter, and you can listen to all the past episodes as well. Uh, if you are a longtime listener, thank you so much for being here. You know I appreciate you. Uh, and as you are thinking about this episode and anxiety in, in your own life, you might be thinking of someone else as well, and maybe they're struggling with anxiety. I want to encourage you to share this episode with them because it could be very beneficial, could help them uh, and encourage them. Okay, so the seven most common anxiety disorders are separation anxiety disorder, selective mutism, specific phobia, social phobia, panic disorder, agoraphobia, and generalized anxiety 
disorder. And the first two, separation anxiety disorder and selective mutism, are specifically towards children. And yes, children can't have anxiety. And it could be intense anxiety that could lead into a disorder. So most children experience some form of separation anxiety from their loved one, their parent, their caregiver, uh, when they're being dropped off at the babysitters or maybe the um, going to work or a babysitter is coming in and the child is really shows some anxiety about, um, about you leaving. That's common. That's very, very common. Uh, and mostly uh, children under the age of three experience that. But when a child has more intense separation anxiety, and then they're older than three, it very well could be a separation anxiety disorder. And so here are some of the symptoms of the separation anxiety disorder. Recurrent and excessive distress about anticipating or being away from home uh, or loved ones. So either the actual separation or the anticipation of being separated. And the child will um, often throw temper tantrums or run away and they hide because they don't want to be separated from their child or from their family. And there's constant worry, excessive worry about losing a parent or a loved one uh, to some disaster or a car wreck, or uh, just they think that the parents are never coming back and it's excessive worry. And maybe they talk to their, their babysitter and they keep talking about uh, what if my mom and dad never come back or there's constant worry that something really bad is going to happen. Uh, to themselves, or they might get lost, or maybe somebody's going to kidnap them. And they keep thinking about that. Or maybe they refuse to be away from home. They don't want to, to, to leave, and they put up a fight. And like I said, sometimes kids will go and try to hide because they don't want to be separated from their parents. Uh, there, there might be a reluctance or they refuse to sleep away from home. Maybe they're trying, dropping them off at the grandparents even or to the babysitters and, and they need to sp- sleep and spend the night and they are refusing because they're not with their parents. And repeated nightmares and, and uh, thinking about being separated. These are all things that kids can go through when there is separation anxiety disorder, when there's a disorder of that. So that's separation anxiety disorder. The second one is selective mutism. This is an anxiety disorder in a child that's unable or unwilling to speak in settings, in certain settings and in certain people. Uh, It's not necessarily um, no speaking at all, but it's selective. A child chooses to talk to, let's say, their parents at home and things are okay and may be, they might be talking a lot at home, but when they are in public, they clam up, they don't say anything. And uh, they uh, just kind of stare when you talk to them. Or maybe it's in a, they speak in a whisper and you have to bend down so they can whisper in your ear. Or a lot of times they'll whisper in their parent's ear and then their parent then will speak for the child in a, in a social setting. 
So at school or maybe at church or other um, gatherings where there's public uh, people around, the child will not speak. And uh, typically, parents start getting concerned about their child not speaking when they're three or four or older years old. Um, they, they may not realize that the child is actually choosing not to speak, and maybe they're just thinking it's because of their age. But by the time they're around three years old, uh, there, there's some concern there. And then uh, when they don't talk, and they refuse to talk, and then there's, there's, um, it's very noticeable. And the biggest thing for parents, I want to encourage you, if you have a child that's selected mutism, not to scold them or discipline them or get mad at them for not speaking in public. There's a reason. And so you yelling at them uh, for not speaking is not going to help. It's going to make it worse. So it, it requires a lot of patience and, and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of possibly talking to a therapist. The third most common anxiety disorder is a specific phobia. A specific phobia is a, a, an intense and irrational fear of something that doesn't happen. It hasn't happened yet. It's irrational. It's what you think is going to happen. So when you're way up high, for instance, and you have a specific phobia of heights, you're thinking you're going to fall. You're going to die. Something bad is going to happen, but that may not be it at all. You might be up in a building and the building is fine. And you're looking out the window and you get a lot of phobia, like you're panicked but the building is not going anywhere. So specific phobia is, is fear, intense fear and irrational fear about something specific. It could be heights. It could be snakes, like animal phobias, uh, fear of dogs, snakes, insects, mice, uh, any different uh, animals that are there. It could be situational phobias, uh, like flying, or like I said, uh, the fear of heights, going over bridges, going through tunnels, uh, being in an elevator, like closed space, or it could be uh, natural environment phobias, uh, the fear of storms, uh, fear of water, uh, fear of needles, um, and, and the fear of being injured. So these are all specific phobias. There's a specific thing that you're intensely afraid of. And there are other phobias as well. There's a ton, thousands or hundreds of, of phobias. Uh, and you're not going to be able to pronounce most of them probably. <laughs> we'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like human. Please follow the link in the show notes. 
so the next anxiety disorder is social phobia. Uh, you, you just could also be social anxiety. Uh, and this is where everyday interactions with people creates a lot of anxiety. You get self-conscious of yourself. You're, you get embarrassed uh, or you, you just know you're going to be embarrassed in front of others. You, f- you have a fear of being judged in a, in a negative way by others. And you feel like people are watching you, waiting for you to make a mistake. And some of the, the symptoms of social phobia is uh, the fear of specific situations. It could be at work, for instance. And uh, if you have to, to get up and, and talk to people, you, it's, a, it's a fear of that situation, that work situation. Uh, there's an intense worry about embarrassing yourself, that maybe you're going to fall down or drop something, and, and that's going to direct a lot of attention to you. You have intense fear of interacting and just talking with people, uh, not just strangers, but it could be anybody. It could be coworkers, and you just you try to avoid them because you don't want to talk to them, or you avoid answering the phone because you have that intense fear of talking to people. You have a fear, could have a fear that people are going to notice that you have anxiety. You have fear like you have fear that you might be sweating or they just can tell that you're you're shaking and, and you're afraid that they're going to know that you have anxiety. So social phobia creates an avoidance. You withdraw and you don't go places when there's people. I've had uh, clients who couldn't go through the drive-through and order drive-through because of their intensive anxiety. Because what if they got it? Well, they mixed mixed up the orders and got it wrong, and that they'd be embarrassed. And then you t- constantly analyze your performance in front of others, and that's social phobia or social anxiety. The next one is panic disorder. Panic disorder is a recurring of unexpected panic attacks. Well, most, I guess most panic attacks are unexpected. (laughs) But if you have multiple panic attacks, then that can turn into a panic disorder. So a panic attack is when you have intense uh, discomfort and your mind races uh, you, it typically peaks in about 10 minutes or maybe a little longer. Uh, you start to breathe and hyperventilate. You start to sweat. You feel like the world is spinning around you. So that's a, that's a, a panic attack. And if you have multiple of those, four or more in a, in a short amount of time, that could be panic disorder. Many people with a a panic attack feel like they're having a heart attack when our heart raises uh, races and their blood pressure raises uh, they have a difficulty breathing uh, so that's a panic attack and when you have uh, multiples of those then that could be uh, a panic disorder and that's when you want to go talk to your doctor uh, if you have racing heartbeats and your palpitations and shortness of breath and even though you feel like you're choking or you feel dizzy and lightheadedness. You might feel nausea and sweating and shaking. Uh, your your chest tightens up. And when that happens, you feel like you're going to die. And uh, I've had a lot of clients feel like they're going to die. And they go to the ER to, only to find out they're having a panic attack. 
So if you have multiple panic attacks uh, in a short amount of time, it could be a panic disorder. Next is agoraphobia. Agoraphobia, it is a form of phobia, uh, but it's an anxiety disorder that involves extreme and irrational fear. Okay, there's that common phrase right there, extreme and irrational fear of being unable to escape a situation or an event that has happened. Uh, so agoraphobia many times keeps people in their home. They have afraid of leaving the house. They are afraid of open spaces and bridges and shopping centers, for instance. They have, uh, they're afraid of enclosed buildings or they have a fear of leaving home and being in so- social situations. Uh, a fear of losing control in a public place. Uh, it could be a fear of public transportation. So basically, when, when someone has an intense fear about being, uh, about being outside of their home, outside of their comfort zone, and it keeps them from going to work or going to certain social events, that very well could be agoraphobia. And these situations trigger anxiety. And, and, and thinking about going outside triggers the anxiety. And, you know, the interesting thing with agoraphobia, we don't really know the exact cause. I mean, there could there some good guesses, uh, some, uh, but we don't know the exact cause. Uh, it, it could be uh, a, a history of abuse or trauma. It could be a family history. It could be a, a presence of another phobia like social anxiety or social phobia. It could be brain chemistry, uh, something physical. So there are a lot of things we don't know. And, and, and I know a lot of times it does happen around trauma. So if you get in an accident, for instance, you have that, that trauma being in an accident and you don't want to be in and uh, go in a car or public transportation. Or uh, if you have had some type of negative interaction outside your home, you don't want that to happen again. And that turned into uh, agoraphobia. And then the last one, it's a very, very common one. The last anxiety disorder is generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, so basically, this is excessive worry, a uh, beyond worry. It's intense uh, fear that just is there. It's just always there. There's a high percentage of your waking hours being anxious about something, but you don't know what. It's just a feeling. You feel it in your gut. You feel it in your head, your chest. It's just this overall sense of anxiety uh, that something is going to happen, but you don't know what. Something bad. Something bad is going to happen. And again, it's an extreme and an irrational fear, but it's just generally there all the time. It's not something specific. It's not something that's attached to a social environment, but it's just there. And most of the time when you're awake, you feel it to some degree. And you could be over a variety of topics. Uh, and if it, if it lasts for longer than six months, uh, that anxiety, then it could be 
a generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, usually disorders are attached to a length of time. And when you feel like you're, you're going to get into a situation that is hard to control, hard to manage, you feel like you're out of control, then you have that anxiety. Sometimes it's just in the back of your mind. It's just in the background. Other times it comes to the forefront and it can really hinder your life. So if you feel edgy or restless all the time, or maybe you get tired and more fatigued uh, or irritable or just having a hard time falling asleep, that could be an indicator of generalized anxiety disorder. And so these disorders can really interfere with your life. And there are seven of them. And it is possible to have more than one. That's what comorbidity is, is when you have multiple diagnoses. And anxiety can be a really debilitating thing to have. And I know it can be very difficult, uh, whether it's you yourself or a loved one, like a child. It's very hard to be able to know what to do or what to say. Uh, but learning about it is the first step. Trying to understand uh, what you are experiencing, the symptoms you're experiencing. And I would recommend that uh, if you have these anxiety uh, symptoms, to write them down. Start a journal. Start an anxiety journal. Uh, put the date down. Put the length of how long you've been feeling. And, and then the description of what you're feeling. And keep a journal uh, and when you do go to a therapist or your doctor, then you have that handy and you're able to be able to tell them what you're going through. It's nothing to be ashamed. An anxiety disorder does not mean that, that you are weak in any way. It just means your body is telling you something. You might have to do get something that's unresolved in your, hist- in your life, uh, in your history. And maybe you need to deal with that. Uh, there are a number of reasons. It could be uh, anxiety disorders are hereditary, so it's possible that it's hereditary. But you don't want to ignore it. Just like when an engine light comes on in your car, you don't want to ignore it. It's there for a reason. It doesn't mean it's it's a it's a terrible thing or or you're going to die. It just means you need to address it. And uh, and and so writing a journal, I think, can be very helpful than going to see your doctor or a therapist, talking to them and and see what they think. Then once you can understand it, once you know what you have, then you know how to deal with it. Uh, and it can be very helpful. And once it's exposed, so to speak, uh, it can help you gain more of uh, mastery over it. When you expose something that you feel like you're trying to keep hidden for so long, but when you expose it to somebody that you trust or someone like a therapist who's not going to go and tell anybody there's a sense of, oh, finally, somebody understands. Somebody knows. And it's not this big secret. It doesn't have to be a secret because there's nothing wrong. But I understand that if you have anxiety, you may not want others to know. So that's why talking to a therapist can be really helpful. And uh, so uh, keep a journal, write that down. There are uh, other things. You can listen to some other episodes uh, of my podcast. Uh, I give some other ideas you can do to work on your, uh, your anxiety. 
Uh, but this was more of an educational uh, of the seven most common anxiety disorders uh, that's listed in the DSM-5. And again, it's not meant to diagnose you in any way, but to educate you and to give you uh, some ideas of what you can be looking for. And as you write them down in your journal, you're able to then talk to your doctor or therapist. That would be my encouragement to you. Uh, it's not the end of the world. These, uh, All of these anxiety disorders uh, are treatable. Uh, you are able to get through them and grow stronger, but it's going to take work. It's going to take work. You need to work on your on your anxiety and work on your mental health. And you'll just feel better when you're able to do that. So again, real quick, the, the seven most common anxiety disorders, separation anxiety disorder, selective mutism, specific phobia, social phobia, panic disorder, agoraphobia, and generalized anxiety disorder. Those are the seven most common anxiety disorders. Uh, You might want to listen to this episode over again uh, to kind of get an idea of the descriptions uh, of what uh, you are experiencing. And again, don't don't panic. (laughs) Here I am telling you not to panic if you have anxiety, Uh, but don't panic because this is a common. That's why I said that's one of the most common mental disorders. Uh, And it's just simply identifying what you're going through and learning what you need to do to work on it to feel better. So there's hope. There's encouragement there. And I want you to believe that. And so uh, if you want to listen and find more of my episodes, go to my website at mentalhealthtodayshow.com and you'll be able to listen to all the different episodes that I have there. Uh, everything that, uh, that I talk about is mental health related, uh, not just anxiety. It could be depression or family conflict or stress, you know, anything related to mental health is what I like to talk about. And if you have a topic that you would like me to, to address, let me know again at the, at mentalhealthtodayshow.com. And you can fill out the comment uh, form there and let me know what you would like me to talk about. And uh, you can always also follow me on Twitter at John P. Cordray. And I do have a, a YouTube channel as well. And you can find me there at John P. Cordray as well. All right, friends, thank you so much. I hope this has been helpful for you. Let me know. Reach out to me. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That helps me greatly. And until next time, keep working on your mental health. Take care and God bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.